wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. Hello and welcome back to the podcast that blah, 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 who cares because there's only one story in town this week, Greg, and that is that wrestling's coming home, it's coming home, (laughs) it's coming, well, I mean it's not coming home but it's coming close to my home, yes, so today WWE has confirmed its first major UK pay-per-view for 30 years is going to be in my home city of Cardiff at the 70,000 capacity Principality Stadium. Wow. Jizzing in your pants. I'm excited. we got to go. We, we're going to go. We're going to get leaflets printed up for this podcast. It's going to be a major promotional blitz. We'll hand them out as we're going in. Kicked out on the way. <laughs> well, we'll hand them out outside. But yeah, what a fantastic... I can't believe it, because the last big one i mean now obviously they've had uk only pay-per-views and they've had uk episodes of smackdown and they've had various other live events which you know we've been to one i've been to a few but this is the first proper major pay-per-view since SummerSlam 1992 what pay-per-view is it if they announce it yet or not that's a good question they haven't i guess it'll be whatever branded pay-per-view they have in september hmm. oh well, there we are there we are I mean, you don't seem as excited as I am about it. Oh, it's just WWE, isn't it? Fucking hell. If you can sit through an hour of that at the minute, you're a braver man than me. I guess it would be a spectacle. It's just a bit, oh, fucking hell. It's just no wrestling, is it? It's just talking. Let's watch three hours of talking. Talking wrestling, as our dad used to call it. Well, a pay-per-view won't be that, will it? It'll be action. Yeah, it'll be a match. <laughs> So, yeah, anything else happening? AEW's got to be slow, dare I say it. So, yeah, there's that. When I you... heard there were some amazing matches recently. Wheeler Utah versus Moxley on Rampage. Well, we're a week behind you in the UK, so I'll get that this weekend. Right. So, yeah, we, we're a week behind. And also FTR. Yeah. Tag team. Had two match of the year candidates this week as well. Versus the Young Bucks and the Briscoes, apparently. That's what I'm hearing. The spoiler alert. Marvellous. You are the best spoiler. I'm just going to cut off all, all ties with you and all communication. I didn't know the yeah. Briscoes were in AW. That's a massive spoiler. Thank you for that. Dreadful. Bruce, Craig, Bruce Willis was a ghost all along. Fuck's sake. In the sixth sense, he seems so human. I d- <laughs> no, die hard. Oh, yeah. Hans Gruber killed him right at the start. We didn't see it. Oh, no, it's like I'm thinking about wrestling the way you think about wrestling. You're very analytical and you get in, you know, in the nitty gritty. I'm just like, oh, look at him. He's bleeding. He's on fire. He's bullying. Like a moron, basically. But just the way Tony Khan started booking things, it does my head in. Somebody be on the sidelines for six weeks and then he'll come back in his first match back. He's facing the champion. I'm like, are you shitting me? The other upper card wrestlers have had six weeks to build to that championship. And some nobody we've all forgotten about is suddenly having a championship. They're bigging up this Blackpool Combat Club ridiculous name. They haven't been in a fucking tag team match for two or three weeks. They're having singles matches all the time. I'm like, you're a tag team. 
have tag team matches. The tag team matches they are having against jobbers. I'm like, put them against the young backs, the best tag teams in AEW, have them beat the shit out of them, and then people will go, oh, this is legit. Do you know what I mean? So you don't like current WWE, you don't like current AEW. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I hate wrestling. <laughs> I don't watch any wrestling, but hey, welcome to a wrestling podcast. <laughs> no, current AEW is still absolutely phenomenal. It's just a bit frustrating. JR, oh my God, I can't. I, he, he needs to go. He's so distracting. He called a power driver a tombstone on the last episode. And I threw my fucking cushion at the TV. Oh, lovely tombstone. And then the other guy said, oh, yeah, nice power driver. Come on, JR. How many tombstones have you called in your career? He was just a sit-out power driver. He's dreadful. But no, the matches are phenomenal. Literally 10 minutes in, you've got the best action ever. But it's just a bit frustrating sometimes. I'm like, where's this match come from? Like, they'll build up the acclaimed who are this kind of heel tag team and one of them comes to the ring and starts rapping we've talked about you know his controversial raps before he had a match against cm punk the other week what that one half of a mid-card comedy heel tag team is facing the best in the world in like the opening match what what why where's the build up to this why what, what does that why and now hangman adam page has got a, a, a texas death match title match with adam cole on rampage on this fucking B show. Let's just have Hulk Hogan versus bloody Goldberg on Thunder, shall we? Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like, this is the B show, mate. This is main event pay-per-view caliber, and you're showing it on free TV on an hour B show. What? Strange. Don't get it. Okay. I'll take your word <laughs> for it. Sorry. Soz. Oh, I feel better now. This is like therapy. It's like therapy every week. Two weeks. Because we're very busy. <laughs> Um, let's get our first segment out of the way, bro, because uh, yeah, I'm going to be random forever, otherwise. Would you rather? Okay, so a bit of a bit of a visual one for you this week, because I know you're not uh, up on your AEW. I'm about to send you something via WhatsApp. It's only a 17 second clip, but I've stolen this one this week. I'm sorry. Someone used the words "Would you rather" on Twitter, and I thought I'm having it. So I, I've stolen it. Whoever it belongs to, I apologize, but it's now mine. Would you rather, because we talked about Jeff Hardy in the last episode, would you rather take a backdrop driver or a 2022 Swan Tom Bomb from Jeff Hardy? And I'll send you the clip because he's drastically changed the way he executes Swan Tom Bombs. Now cast your mind back to the way he did it back in the day and watch that clip to start with. Um, there's a lot of hang time there. So he's done his back in basically over years and years of doing it. So now he kind of lands like on his lower thigh. So like the underneath of his thighs hit them, but sometimes his ass smashes into their chest. Sometimes the back of his heels hit them, you know, before cash your mind back. We used to be like the back of his neck almost, didn't it? Like, like his shoulder blades. So he'd have more control over it. Now he just kind of flops down and his back smashes up against it. So imagine the unpredictability of a backdrop driver. I'm going to be dropped on my fucking head any second. I don't know where I'm looking. Or you can look up, but basically you've got Jeff Hardy's ass coming towards you at a million miles an hour. So what do you prefer? Which is the first one? The death drop driver? What's that look like? Backdrop driver. You know, uh, oh God, Darren, I can't send you another clip. It's... um. 
it, you know, it's like a backdrop, but you just grab them around the waist and you drop them back onto, onto the top of your head, basically. Uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams popularized it. it. It's kind of a release backdrop, but you don't land flat on your back. You, you dropped. You want to watch Dr. Death, Steve Williams do it in Japan. He drops people on their fucking skulls. That's the fucker. So he's the originator of it. So yeah, knowing that you're being propelled backwards on the drop on the top of your head, or you've got slightly more control, but he hasn't because he's about to drop whatever the hell he causes one ton bomb on you. Hmm. It's a tough one. Because well, in yeah. I feel I mean, you're not in control of either of those moves. Well, you're at the mercy of either the person throwing you or the person landing on you but i feel i sound like i mean if it's jeff hardy specifically he's not that heavy compared to a lot of wrestlers so i think having him hit me from a turnbuckle um is probably better than being thrown and, and you know twisting in the air and losing my sense of direction yeah and plus the people doing the moves off the turnbuckle are often the ones more likely to hurt themselves in those sort of moves. I'm thinking of um, the very infamous shooting star press that Brock Lesnar did where he almost broke his neck against Kurt Angle. Jesus. Yeah. No, I think I'm the same. You have more control when he's swanton on you, but it, it's not a graceful move anymore. It's like, oh my God. Like his ass is just like smashing up against your chest. And, you know, I like that, but in my spare time, not. <laughs> yeah but i think i couldn't lie there still knowing somebody is going to land on me that you know that, that your natural reaction is to move out the way of a danger yeah. that you know is coming and you've got to overcome that reflex in a wrestling match i just don't know how they do it um i saw one recently actually where jeff hardy did a swanton off a ladder ringside in, onto somebody on the table and Matt was holding the ladder still underneath. Did you see that one? I thought you were on about these weeks in the EW one where he jumps off a balcony and does it. I, I probably have no, this was off a off a ladder at ringside. And the and the guy kind of tensed up and, and you could see you had a good angle on the camera. You could see where he tensed up ready to to kind of catch him to brace his body, but he did a little too soon. So he was there for a good couple of seconds before Jeff did the jump. <laughs> which spoiled the illusion slightly because you're meant to do it kind of when they're in the air. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, that, yeah, you do notice that. Obviously, we're smart marks. But yeah, where they kind of lean forward and put their arms out. Tajiri was terrible at it. When, when he, he's fighting super crazy, I'm like, oh, I'll leave something to the imagination. Come on. I mean, you kind of know what it was like when you were taking leg drops from me in our bedroom as a kid. Sure. Sure. I mean, I had I had a mattress and a bed frame to, to cushion the blow, though. I wasn't on plywood, essentially. So, yeah, I didn't need to lean into it as much as other wrestlers, but uh, still terrifying seeing your perineum hurtling <laughs> towards me. My, my clothed and covered perineum. <laughs> like to clarify. Title right there, clothed perineum, done. <laughs> Would you rather... Because of the choice of clips today, we're going to mix it up a bit. So I'm going first. And Craig, a question. Who is the only wrestler to defeat himself to win a championship and to win a championship belt off himself? I don't know, Darren. Who? Cody Rhodes. 
Well, he wants the veteran. We know that uh, DiBiase's had a confident air about him, King, but well, DiBiase wants whoa, 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 what the, what the hell? What is this? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my partner, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, so this is Cody Rhodes and Hardcore Holly versus Ted DiBiase Jr. and a mystery opponent at WWE Night of Champions 2008. So yes, before he was setting the wrestling world alight by quitting the promotion he co-founded to rejoin the one he quit, Cody <laughs> Rhodes was making history for all sorts of different reasons. Now, back in 2007, he'd won his first tag team title with Hardcore Holly in the WWE. And then in 2008, he won his second by betraying Hardcore Holly and teaming up with Ted DiBiase. So this took place at Night of Champions 2008. Hardcore Holly and Rhodes had been champions for six months at this point. It was actually the second longest reign for a decade after the Spirit Squad in 2006. Wow. And in this match, DiBiase was to be joined by a mystery partner to face the pair, but it turned out to be Rhodes himself who turned on his current partner, Holly, to become a two-time tag team champion by beating himself. Of course, this was the beginning of what would become the legacy stable eventually, with um, Rhodes, DiBiase and Orton, with each member being a multi-generational wrestler. In terms of a match, it wasn't anything to put in the family WhatsApp, but <laughs> it was a, a fun little skit anyway. What did you think? I mean, just teaming a future legend like Rhodes with hardcore fucking Holly of all people to start with. That should have been the kiss of death for his career. But, you know, if you take his outstanding match with Rollins at this year's Mania, for example, then I don't think it messed things up too much for Cody. And, you know, if Stardust didn't derail him, then nothing bloody will, let's, let's be fair. Yeah, this <laughs> is... It's just weird, wouldn't it? I, it was a, a cool little swerveroo, which, as you said, set up uh, the legacy stable. And, you know, it, it played off the popularity of their daddies. Let's face it. You know, they've got the Rhodes and DiBiase kind of names. And I guess famous daddies wasn't a cool enough name for a tag team. But, you know, I I, I would have liked it. Um, yeah, a little bit sad because only one of these wrestlers really went on to superstardom and better things. I mean, I don't know where DiBiase went after his brief run in WWE, kind of faded into obscurity. He's probably one of those now that's a, a chiropractor or an accountant or some random, you know, full-time nine-to-five job. And I'm stalling for time because I can see that you're, uh, you're Googling. <laughs> I mean... He had the physique, he had kind of charisma, I suppose, and decent enough wrestling ability. And obviously his dad was not a legend. So what's he doing now, bro? Is he owning his own car wash in Illinois? Or Well, according to Wikipedia, when DiBiase left WWE, he took up an executive position with collegegaragesale.com. <laughs> college... Fucking nailed it! A college textbook e-commerce website. He is now the vice president of business development for... One life. Wait, uh, did you say gar garage, like a garage? College garage sale, garage garage, college garage. I was do doing a bit of an American voice there, but yes. So what is the business? A college textbook e-commerce website. 
but that was the first thing he did. Now he's the vice president of business development for One Life. I don't know what One Life is. But that, that's my point. Just random. Random AF. I suppose when you just live the life of a rock star going around the world, beating yourself after death, most of these people just go, do you know what? A nine to five sounds pretty damn nice. I got kids that are growing up now. I want to see them more. And, you know, I get it. Yeah, I mean, people were so shocked when Rhodes returned to WWE recently. But if you just saw how AEW fans treated him, then you can kind of get why he did it. Just no matter how hard he fought, he couldn't get over. And and I hope he does find more fanfare in Vinny's backyard. You know, I, I do shit on the WWE products probably more than I should, but it's because I absolutely adored it. And I was obsessed with it for so many years. And it was different phases of my childhood and this phase now is, is forgettable basically but you know i i was shocked but then i thought oh do you know why i've seen so many matches where babyface Rhodes comes to the ring throws his belt into the audience they boo and throw it back in his face literally so i'm and he's a vp of, of aw and he's literally set himself on fire huge bumps he does whatever he can to get over they detest him I think it's the Roman Reigns thing where Khan's just ramming him down their throats. He's the VP, the figurehead of the company. Everyone has to love Cody. And they're like, no, fuck you. I'll love who I love. So I hope he does well in, in WWE. Well, he seems to have been welcomed by the fans so far, but whether he'll actually get to the main event scene and the world title scene, I don't know. I think if he gets that push, it'll be long overdue, but whether he gets it, well, it remains to be seen, really. Have you seen that expectations versus reality uh, meme at the moment where expectations is in with a universal championship over his shoulder and reality is in with a 24-7 belt? Yeah, that's probably true. Expectations is him sitting on Triple H's throne with all the belts, pyro going off. Reality is him uh, dressed up as Stardust again. <laughs> with with the twenty four seven championship tag team in with Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> My God, right? Note this down. We'll come back to this in a year. I guarantee that's pretty much how it'll go. Spooky. Oh yeah. All right, on to my first clip of the week. This is another Steiner pose down in TNA. The best scenario you could have hoped for, the best thing that could have happened to you is I come in this ring in a good mood. But when you call yourself genetic freak, you piss me off. Because there's only one genetic freak in professional wrestling and you're looking at him. Matter of fact, ever since you've been sucking on your mama's I've been a genetic freak. I tell you what, why don't you come with something original? Come with something on your own. How about I got a nickname for you? How about you call yourself Chernobyl? Because when I look at you, you look like you're a couple vitamins away from a chemical disaster. So I'm a bit confused, bro, because as the absolute proudest Welsh man I have ever met, how have you not featured Rob Terry in every episode? He is everything that you love in a man. <laughs> because this is a wrestling podcast. <gasps> the man is a wrestling legend. How dare you? I mean, he is absolutely jacked to shit. 
But my God, does he sound like a moron on the mic. He does us Welshites no favours, mind does he? Scott Steiner, I don't know who you think you are. Oh, Rob, you're on national TV. Let's do this right here, right now. <laughs> God, my mum's got my tea on, so I'm going to flex my pecs for two minutes and then I'm off. Ah. Oh. I literally had to write it down phonetically so I got every stupid phrase right. I don't know who you think you are, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Promo of the year. But yeah, this is basically Big Rob calling out the OG genetic freak in TNA, which obviously now stands for total nonstop abs. You know that shit? Wordplay. Um, oh my god, just as soon as Steiner grabs any mic, my butt just clenches. I literally it puckers. I'm like, oh, he induces IBS. I'm telling you, it's like I'm the promoter of whatever company he's about to ramble through. It's dreadful. He is like a ticking time bomb. And straight away, he starts talking about take these off, bro. Rob's mum's tits. Chernobyl and the Chippendales. I mean, just read a fucking script, Scott. What are you doing? Yeah, bonkers stuff. But just posing a question to you, really. How do you think fellow Welsh wrestler, the Red Dragon, would fear against Big Bad Rob? Well, the thing is that the Red Dragon would learn how to wrestle. He might not have the jacked up physique or height of... <laughs> a Rob Terry, but he, he would certainly have wrestling ability because that is what I would imbue him with. I would actually learn my craft. I mean, it's a bit unfair to Rob Terry. He, I think he had some strength. I mean, his physique was incredible, let's be honest. Um, whether it's all natural or not, I don't know. He claimed it was, but, you know, many wrestlers aren't. But, mm. yeah, and he was imposing and they, they could have done something good with him. I, I'm thinking they could have had like a mini kind of Goldberg run where they disguised his weaknesses, but just had him this immense powerhouse. But I don't know, maybe they pushed him too hard too soon because he didn't have the training that he needed to make it at, at the top level or certainly the level they gave him. Because didn't they make him a global champion or whatever that belt was called? Yeah, I think he held uh, a championship and he... He wasn't that bad in the ring. He was, you know, he's not jumping around the place like Mike Awesome. But yeah, I mean, that's a brilliant shout. Mute him. Fucking mute him. Because the second you go right then, Rob, you know, we've called you from the UK. Uh, you know, we'd like to bring you in. Got any ideas? I'd like to be a big muscle-head. Um, okay, we're not going to have you doing promos for now. <laughs> and then we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it would have been a lot more imposing. It was so funny hearing him talking trash. It's just like the sort of thing you'd hear at checking out time at any Welsh Valley's pub. <laughs> Let's do this right here, right now. I've had a few, but I don't care. Leave <laughs> him, he's not worth it. He's not worth it, Rob. <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. But yeah, thank you for treating us to another Steiner pose down. It's always, always worth hearing Steiner on the microphone. The, the thing that made me laugh, probably very similarly to you, and he said about Chernobyl. Um, it was a funny line, and the fact he compared him to Chernobyl saying he was a couple of vitamins away from a chemical disaster. Yeah. But as everybody knows, Chernobyl was a nuclear disaster, <laughs> <laughs> not a chemical disaster. 
So not only are his mathematic equations wrong in a, in a previous promo, but now he can't even get science right. And he certainly can't get fucking English right. So the three <laughs> major GCSE subjects. Yeah, well, well history, science, history. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think um, there's a little bit of a botch at the end as well. Terry kind of fucked up the choke. And there's a bit where you can see Steiner grabbing at it. He actually had to pull the strap a bit firmer around his neck to make it a yeah. bit more believable. Uh, it's a mess. Yeah. It's a hot mess. I've never understood this thing with Steiner's physique. It's I know that they're making a thing out of it, but it, it why would you draw attention to something so weird? <laughs> For that very reason, I think just because if you don't talk about the elephant in the room, not that he was an elephant, <laughs> then people will make more of it. But if you make it part of a gimmick, let's face it, that's all he had with these weird rock biceps you know the little pebble minor pebbles you know what i mean they they looked hard like he'd injected granite into his veins i think if he didn't do that he was a good wrestler back in the day he was a pioneer as part of the steiner brothers but yeah it's not much to him now shocking on the mic bit of a slow ploddy pace so the freaks are lifting that's all he's got really isn't it yeah never turn your back on rob terry because he'll have you he'll have you he will <laughs> My second clip for this episode is Reza Ramon versus the one, two, three kid in a crybaby match at WWF In Your House 6. Look at him! Well, we're going to see how good Razor is at putting a diaper. Looks like he's done this before, wouldn't you say, King? Huh? I don't know. On one side, half on together, got the liner in there. So, if you listen to our last episode, and if not, why not? Fuck's sake. Uh, you'll know I mentioned this match type in the Would You Rather feature. So, of course, I just had to go and find it, watch it, and immediately regret doing so. <laughs> uh, I mean, this would be one of the last major matches either of these two had in WWE before they both departed for WCW. This was 1996, literally a few months before they both jumped ship. And it was actually the culmination of a long storyline between the two. So initially known as The Kid, Sean Waltman became the 123 Kid after pinning Razor Ramon on an episode of Raw. Shortly after, Ramon became a face, took Kid under his wing. They partnered on and off for a bit. Um, by the time of this pay-per-view, they were feuding again after the 123 Kid interfered in Ramon's match against Goldust, brother of Stardust, Cody Rhodes at the Royal Rumble, costing him the Intercontinental Championship. And so it was decided that the two would face off in the first and so far only, thankfully, crybaby match in which the winner, and I can't believe I'm actually reading this, would force <laughs> the loser to suck on a giant baby bottle and wear baby powder and a diaper. <sighs> you just know this was Vince's idea and Vince's idea alone. He loves stupid shit like this, absolutely gets off on it. I bet he was chuckling away in the back when he came up with this idea. And you could just imagine all his acolytes kind of giggling politely, thinking he's fucking lost it. <laughs> I mean, it's no wonder the WWE is failing so badly at this time with, with, with bullshit like this. I mean, what can I say about the match itself? You know, 
or there's not much of it in this clip. There might have been a bit more back and forth before what we see here. But I mean, the razor's edge, to be fair, such a good finisher. You know, really, really impactful. And even more so on a smaller wrestler like the kid. But that's it. Could you, could you imagine Razor Ramon just lifting Sean Waltman's legs up to put a nappy on him? What's going through his mind there? He's thinking this. I'm, I'm glad I'm leaving in a couple of weeks. This is fucking humiliating. What am I doing with my life? Ugh. Funny enough, I ask the same thing every time we do a podcast. It's really weird, isn't it? Word for word. <laughs> Joking. Well, I charming. I mean, nobody's making you do this. <laughs> you are. You know you do. So this is just everything we love in a match. McMahon waiting on commentary. Baby powder and full-on nostalgia. What what more do you want? I, I feel like this episode we have just captured the absolute best wrestling clips we had the entire world to choose from and if you look at the four weeks that I did tonight they're a fucking disgrace but you know funny funny disgrace this episode is the dictionary definition of scraping the barrel <laughs> yeah. so many episodes in I'm like oh fuck that'll do I don't give a shit I want to go to bed um, I wrote down exactly the same thing. How cool is the Razor's Edge finisher? You know, especially back in the day when leg drops and power slams were still in the show. It's just really fucking cool. And, you know, he can deliver it safely because it's not as if he drops you actually on your head or your neck. It's, you know, it's safe to perform. It looks awesome, like you said, especially on smaller wrestlers. It, it looks really cool. But, I mean, I just watching this and just thinking, how has this gimmick, A, not originated in WCW, or B, not been carried on in the wrestling company, known for Viagra and a bloody pool match? How have we not seen this every week on Nitro? This is everything the Bischoff fucking loves as well. I mean, yeah, this is pure campy madness. And let's face it, this was something that was made for an era after this. I could imagine Angle in an angle like this. Or Christian during his tantrum days. Remember that when he would like slam his himself on the canvas? You could see him losing one of these matches and, and having a tantrum. He should have brought it back for a one-time only thing, I think. Yeah, I could actually see something like this going down in the Attitude Era, but it probably would have gone down differently. The bottle would have been smashed over the head. It yeah. might even have been a, a blade job. And that the nappy wouldn't have been wrapped. Maybe it would have been wrapped around the head or something, you know, and uh, th th it would have been a bit more humiliating, but there would have been, I don't know, just an attitude to it, you know, and that's, that's, it was the attitude era, but it would have been done with a little bit more of an edge to it. Whereas this was just dross. Bizarre. And then he just wakes up and that terrible acting like a baby waking from a nap, looking around with baby powder over his face, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, and, you know, luckily he had shit matches like this. You know, Vince McMahon put out matches so that he, it made him realise, oh, I'm fucking up majorly here. Or I hope it did. I hope this is one of the matches he took stock of and thought, hey, what are you doing, Vinny? You know? Yeah, I can't see that this would have made uh, match of the year candidate and Dave Meltzer. Just, my God. 
I, I was a bit worried for him actually when he put the baby powder in the mouth because if you've ever breathed in like a little bit of powder and got it caught in your throat or nose, it can be horrible to have that much of it shoved in your face. I was thinking, my God, that could be genuinely dangerous for him. Well, this is like the original cinnamon challenge, isn't it? Back in the day, mm. <laughs> it's going to make a paste in the back of his throat, and yeah, <clears throat> that would have been more entertaining. But yeah, what a what a drizzling, dribbling diary of a match in every way. Off the cuff, that was, yeah, straight off the cuff. Quite simply, Darren Evans, to round round off this uh, slightly more comical episode, this is wrestling's naughtiest blunders. I meant to say bloopers. Do it again. This is wrestling's naughtiest bloopers. Seth Rollins, I'm coming for you, boy. And I'm coming hard. Thank you. I don't care. You come in my face, I'm going to fight you. Brutus the Buck, take a look at this. Brutus, this is incredible. What a package. Well, you're not going to bust a nut anytime we're in the ring. After I beat you and satisfy all the Hulkamaniacs, I'm going to get off by cranking your knob just a little beyond the breaking point. But I want it too, and I had to fight inch for inch to get this, and I'm not about to lay down on my back and let someone cover me. I thank you very much. <laughs> We're going to be right back. I know. I'm a child. I don't care. This is about as far away from technical, high-flying, or even hardcore wrestling as it gets. But I I'm really not bothered. I'm a kid at heart. I love a good giggle as much as an X-Man, which is why I chose to feature my first ever blooper compilation clip. I don't think either of us have featured a compilation as such. And I thought, fuck it. This came up my timeline. I was giggling like a schoolgirl. I hope you found some enjoyment out of it as well. I mean, when a clip starts with a sweaty Brock Lesnar saying that he's coming hard and is then thanked for it, you know it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> I mean, most of these moments have been taken out of context. I know that. But what the fuck was Hogan thinking when he says, I'm going to get off by cranking your knob just a little beyond the breaking point? <laughs> There's only one way you can take that, Hulk. Literally, again, another innuendo. Oh, my God. I bloody loved me and Gene's reaction. I must have watched that bit like 20 times. <laughs> I've seen... I might have to choose another one with him because he was terrible backstage. As soon as the camera cuts, he's pissing himself. Oh, that warrior noshing off Hogan is another classic and a gif I never get tired of. Lots of ass stretching and eating, along with touching Big Johnsons. I just thought this was lovely stuff. Oh, two words, Craig. Two <laughs> words. Dennis Norden. Remember, <laughs> it'll be all right on the night. Yes. I'd love for him to present wrestling's naughtiest blunders. That would be so funny. Oh. Well, what do you think of this technical masterpiece, bro? This is like everything you want in wrestling. It was so funny. I was laughing throughout. Yeah, I, I, as you pointed out, there's a lot of arse-related stuff, <laughs> isn't it? You know, it's such a fine line between arse-kicking and arse-licking and arse-kissing. I've just got to be so careful when in the heat of the moment talking about arse stuff. 
but they've yeah <laughs> so many of them crossed it um I, I i put down a couple of those as well i'm gonna get off by cranking your knob i mean that's just <laughs> fab and jeff jarrett as well i'm gonna stretch his ass like it's never been stretched before <laughs> oh it's a child and who was that guy as well in the barn who went, you've touched me in a personal way <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Most of these, they fuck up their lines. Was it Ronnie Garvin as well, the blonde guy back in the day? That was that awful promo. It was like all off off the top of his head. So not only were they sexual innuendos, which they obviously didn't, you know, take into account, but fucking hell, man, have some idea of what you're gonna say. I think that's that's why we get the bloopers most of the time because they've got no clear direction. And they're like, fuck it, I'll crank his knob and I'll eat his ass. Done. <laughs> Well, because a lot of them were done live, um, yeah. you know, not taped and not scripted and off the cuff. And they weren't experts at these sort of things. They weren't as polished. You know, they weren't teams of writers, at least, you know, not until you had more professionalism in the WWE and WCW. Wrestlers were just told to go out there and just shout about your opponent and, and build up the match and the tension. And they, they didn't have scripts to go off and they, they'd probably never done that before. So they weren't, you know gifted orators they were just big men who just like go battering shit out of each other so <laughs> oh it's funny but yeah that that clip with the with a female wrestler who was that by the way um i'm not sure but, <laughs> i love me jean she was just so stoic just so serious <laughs> she, it's like she didn't even realize what he was laughing at i know hilarious. oh he's the man just hogan as well when he said like he used to get turned on by heavy metal music and fine women. Now his kids turn him on. Hogan! What? And Lex Luger, I'm done playing with kids. <laughs> want to play with big boys? Oh, fuck me. Oh, it's wild, isn't it? Absolutely wild. Oh, well, I, I, I think this is going to be my first of many compilations. I love him. I want to find a Mean Gene one because his reactions to shit... Fucking brilliant. He's the man. He is the absolute man. Oh, yeah, this was funny. And just in case uh, any of our US-based listeners don't know who Dennis Norden is, Google him. He was basically a an old British man who hosted kind of, you know, like America's Funniest Home Videos, that kind of show, but with uh, real TV cock-ups. It was a, yeah, very funny, but he's an old, dry, boring man. And oh. I think to have him present something like this would be quite funny. He drained the fun out of those shows, though, didn't he? And he literally had a clipboard, and it was like he was presenting a scientific paper. You're like, shut up, Dennis, get to the clips. Oh. And he did some puns that were never funny. No. Oh, well, there we are. I mean, I'm I'm spent. My ass has been stretched beyond breaking points. My knob has been cranked. <laughs> I yeah, I, I don't know about you, bro, but I'm I'm smiling and satisfied of you. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I, I've been touched in a personal way tonight by this. <laughs> oh, so we've been wrestling with my brother. We are a uh, a bi-monthly podcast where we talk about our favorite or just fucking ridiculous, let's be fair, clips uh that we find on the intro web. You can find us on Twitter at Russell Bros Pod. Come and interact with us. Also, you can catch our podcasts on everywhere, everywhere. All the shit ones, bro. All the good ones and everything in between. Spotify's my favorite. Tell you what I do. 
I listen to an album and I'm like, right, I'm done with a bit of heavy metal. I'll pop on the soothing tones of Rest of My Brother. It's a nice, uh, nice little transition. So I'm hoping that you're enjoying our content. And uh, yeah, any, any more from you? No, it's amazing. Do you know what I do? I go to Apple Podcasts and I search wrestling with my brother and they're there. They're all on there, all of them, all our episodes. Going back, there's even a review on there. It says, fantastic podcast, a really fun look back at some classic and recent wrestling clips with two knowledgeable hosts. The chemistry between the brothers is what elevates this above other wrestling podcasts. Their banter is often hilarious and they pick an excellent mix of clips. What a lovely review. Thank you for leaving that. <laughs> what, what, what's the name on it, bro? Whose name I don't is know. That? It doesn't say. Oh, it doesn't say. Does it rhyme with Shmer and Memrems? Or... <laughs> it was very articulate, wasn't it? Wow. This kind of sounds like someone I know. Very well written, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, if, if you want to leave a similar five-star review, <laughs> go ahead on your podcast platform. We'll love it. Do it. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Take it easy, mofos. I want you, and I'm going to get you. I'm going to have you. I'm going to get to touch your body. Wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. 